fuck a duck. <laughs> Speechless, with nothing to say. We're doing a drinking game. Oh, fuck. <laughs> You're listening to Sad No. <laughs> and I was full scale at 22, and I was like, yup, cradle snatching, Auckland Zoo missing their cougar. You're in the hot seat. Oh, fire round. If someone doesn't want to be with you, why would you want to be with them? Welcome back to another episode of Sass with Cass. All right, guys, welcome back to Sass with Cass. Welcome back to Sass with Cass. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Sass with Cass. It's been a minute. Thank you for bearing with me. Um, I do have a full-time job now, so it's nice to kind of just be operating from a model of when I have a cool topic or a highly requested topic, something I'm excited about to jump on here and create a podcast for you. Unfortunately, due to my schedule, I am not right now able to offer um, or produce content like every two weeks as I was doing. I hope to be able to back, get back into that routine and that zone maybe over summer. But right now it's kind of just going to be when there's something great on the forefront of my mind. So I am recording today about a topic that I feel like it's so lame to be like highly, highly, highly requested. Like makes me sound like a YouTuber, you know, when they're like, everyone always asks me for this. But anyway, everyone always asks me for this. And I'm not sure if I kind of self-proclaimed myself the heartbreak guru after writing books like Bully and Darling which are very centered around love and that whole experience um but around the first when I put Bully out I just started to receive a lot of messages asking for advice on love specifically and mainly around heartbreak breakups should I break up with him he's broken up with me what do I do all those kind of things And I've had that since I first published my book, which was in 2018. So I am used to this arena. (laughs) But for some reason, the last few weeks, like maybe even the last month, this has just been coming up so, 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 so much to the extent where I actually reached out to my friend Hannah, who's an astrologer. And I literally said, Hannah, is there something going on in the sky right now? I have had... 50, 60, 70, 100 people reach out to me and they're basically all saying the exact same thing. And what they're saying is, hi Cass, I feel awkward messaging you, but this guy who I was super head over heels in love with, we had the most amazing relationship and he has dumped me. And I feel like, crap, what do I do, X, Y, Z. It's very much people who the other person has broken up with them, I want to say. So if you're listening to this and you're tuning in because that is you, you are in that boat. Or if you're not in that boat, you have just experienced a heartbreak recently, you've experienced rejection recently. I want you to know that you are not alone. Like, wow, are you not alone? I just, I can feel that there's so many people in this space and in this energy. So I'm going to do my best to break it down a little bit for you, but I just wanted to put that out there at the start because when I have been in those situations, I've been broken up with or I've been faced with, you know, someone who wasn't that into me or rejected me, I remember feeling like the only person in the entire world 
who had ever experienced this or ever gone through this. I felt so alone. I would just sit in my room and cry. I felt just, I can hardly put words to the feeling. And if you are in that space, I feel like there's a whole crew of people here with you, baby. So I don't know, that kind of gives me a bit of peace of mind, but let's jump straight into it. So rejection, heartbreak, I am going to be focusing on, I've had a lot of questions. I just asked for questions like five seconds ago on my Instagram story and being a bit of a dick. I'm just recording. I'm going to read through them as I go. Very off the cuff. She's shooting off the cuff. But um, I'm going to focus on kind of like love rejection today. There's a couple people, actually there's a lot of people asking about rejection in terms of jobs, friends, everything, which is super valid. And I just do feel like that is a topic that is so big, so maybe we'll split that up in the future, but romantic rejection. Let me tell you about some romantic rejection. (laughs) I have had two, there's two or three main moments in my life when I look back that are just soul-destroying, soul-destroying. And the first one was when I was in my final year of high school and I was like obsessed with this boy, literally. And I just thought he was the bee's knees. He was a very slick dude. He was was very good at sports. He had a leadership position. And I just thought that the sun shined for this man. And he definitely did a few things to sort of, I guess you could say, lead me on or entertain me. Uh, and I think I'm someone who I take things quite heavily. So if someone does something nice for me and I'm romantically interested in them, I really think that that kind of means something because I'm kind of someone who doesn't do things for other people unless I like them, if that makes sense. So I probably got a bit of the wrong end of the stick and I thought he was probably a lot more into me than he was and it found I found out that he had ended up hooking up with the girl that introduced us and of course this didn't put me off at all because when you are still operating from a trauma response and when you're young and your brain's not fully developed because it's not your brain fully develops at 24s when your prefrontal cortex fully develops So when you got all those hormones racing around and you're just young and he was kind of like my first crush, I sort of remember seeing that situation as a challenge and seeing other women and other girls as a challenge, which is just the worst idea ever, I would like to say now. But so I kind of kept pursuing him and kept holding on to him. And it got to the point where we were at a party one day and he pulled me outside and there were some like kids, like other boys and other girls from my school kind of watching us. And he basically proceeded to tell me straight to my face that he didn't like me and the feelings were not reciprocated. But the sentence that I really remember him uh, saying the most was he said to me that when he Well, he was kind of in his prime. He was really young and he didn't imagine himself with a girlfriend. But when he did imagine himself with a girlfriend and he had those moments where he considered it, it basically, in his head, him in a relationship, it was not with me. And there was 
other girls who he would see himself with before he would see himself with me. And it was a very honest um, (laughs) way of putting it. It was very blunt and it hurt very badly. And I remember running inside to the party and crying in the arms of one of the other boys who was in the year above me, who I didn't even really know that well. And it sucked. It absolutely sucked. Uh, there was no way around it. Um, and I would go to school and I would see him and I still obviously had a crush on him. And then I'd see him with other girls and it was just awful. And the second rejection that heartbreak I remember having was a situation that had gone on for two and a half years. Someone who I dated, uh, off and on because we did live in different countries and I had moved over to America and he was in America and we were seeing each other over there and he'd gone on a trip to Europe and he came back from Europe and he texted me at like 4am in the morning and he said can you come over and I didn't see it I think until the next day and I ended up going over that night and he basically sat me down on the couch and I remember him looking into my eyes and I remember him telling me that there was one of his friends who he'd been friends with for a really long time and the friendship had blossomed or grown into something romantic and he was wanting to explore it, which was very, very, very hard for me to hear. And he kind of, I won't go too deeply into what he said because I kind of just don't want to, I remember leaving his house and looking at him and I looked at him and I said, am I ever going to see you again? And he said, you'll be seeing me, but I just can't like any of your photos or follow you on Instagram because then I'm going to get in trouble with her. And I remember getting into the lift and going downstairs and leaving his apartment building looking like I had been slapped in the face by Darth Vader. Like, bitch, I looked terrible. And I got in my car and I parked in the Chipotle car park where if you've never been to America, Chipotle is kind of like Mexicali. Like it's like this Mexican takeout joint um, little spot. And I parked in the Chipotle car park and I got in my car and I burst into tears. But it wasn't just like tears. It was like sob like full body painful heart wrenching sob like scream cry sob and I remember thinking I loved him so much and I was so infatuated with him I was sad that I was even prepared to take that offer of seeing him, I'm sure you can connect the dots and assume sexually, and yet know that he was prioritizing another woman above me and had chosen to pursue a connection with this friend turned lover who was now more important than me, who was now filling the role I thought I was in. And I felt like I had almost been like downgraded, like put on the bench on the team when that's not a team I want to be on at all so those are the two there's there's one more moment also but it was a lot messier and it wasn't as clear-cut as that but the thing I want to point out with those two experiences of mine that I've told you 
whilst that was very harsh languaging from both those guys, it made it more simple for me to move on because they had actually told me what they meant. They hadn't danced around it. They hadn't said, you're so amazing. This is about me and sugarcoated it. Both times when I think back to it, they did tell me the truth. And for that, I'm incredibly grateful because even though that hurts more at the time, it's easier to pick up the pieces. And I didn't struggle as much with the concept of closure. Whereas I I have one more kind of heartbreaky person who I'm not going to tell the story of, but it was much messier and dragged out. So if you're in one of those situations, I do really empathize with you because it's much harder to get to like, I feel like as girls or even as anyone, I'm not going to stereotype, but we get very detail orientated. And if you are going through a heartbreak, that's one thing to kind of take note of is as soon as you go through a heartbreak rejection, get broken up with instantaneously, we're we're like, we need to know why and what's on their mind and what we did wrong. So that next time or not even next time, we just want to know what we did wrong. It's kind of like, like sad. It's like twisted. Like we have our own insecurities and we just want to hear someone confirm that. Like, it's like, we want to hear someone confirm we weren't good enough and it's just quite fucked. So if you are in that situation and you're trying to push for those details, I really just, I don't know, I want to bring some awareness around why you're doing that because I think it does come from a very sad place, but I'm going to, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. I'm going to jump into the concept of closure and my thoughts around closure a little bit later on towards the pod, but okay, we've gone through this moment. I want you to know that I've experienced what you've experienced. I have. And everything that you're doing right now, I've probably done it too. The overeating, the undereating, the partying, the drinking, the binging, the dating another guy super quickly, the distractions, the shopping, the quitting your job, the getting a new job, the trying to move countries, the every single thing, the depression, the can't get out of bed, the anxiety, Every single thing I have experienced, I know exactly what it's like and it feels like getting strapped onto a fucking roller coaster and you have no idea when you're going to get off. You feel so out of control and it sucks because I feel like nine times out of ten, you've been hurt so badly and yet you're still so in love with that person and you'd give anything, 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 anything to have them back anything it's a it's a tough place to be in the thing that's hard about breakups and being in that moment is even though you know you've been done dirty and everyone your friends your mom whoever it is in your life is saying you're so much better than that and you deserve so much more than that and those things are probably true but unless you believe it about yourself It doesn't matter because until you actually feel empowered in yourself and your self-worth, you will never be able to actually action any steps to holding yourself higher, stepping into your power and essentially leveling up. Now, that's not a short journey to realize your worth and learn about your worth. And I wish it was as simple as 
someone does you dirty and you snap your fingers and you say, I'm so much better than that and you move on, but it's really not. And every single person listening to this is going to have a unique story and every single story I can guarantee is going to be so complicated because for some reason with love, it's so complicated. Like you ever have a friend talk to you about a boy and it's just like, details on details on details it's like and then he walked down the road and he was wearing these shoes and he opened his car with his right hand and he got in the car and there was another girl and it's just we seem when we're in the moment I have a friend Amber and we talk about it's like swimming in mud and when you're looking at it from the outside like if you ever look at your friends relationships and it seems so disgustingly obvious what they should do Do you know what I mean? Like it seems so disgustingly obvious that they could do better. It seems so disgustingly obvious that maybe it's not right or it is right or they should get back with him or they wouldn't, whatever it is. It seems so simple. And then when it's you, it's so complex and you don't even know where to begin to explain it. To me, I really attribute it to that concept of love is blind But I think it's also just a beautiful thing for us to bring some awareness to when we're in these situations that it's actually not as crowded and clustered and detailed and confusing as we're making it out to be. It's really, really not. When we simplify it and we pull ourselves back and we really look at the facts, it's quite obvious kind of what's going on and where we are. So there's this really beautiful thing that I want to share with you and this isn't mine. I would love to take credit for this, but it's not mine. This is a theory by a person called Matthew Hussey. I believe that's how you say his last name. He's really fantastic. If you want endless, amazing love and heartbreak and finding guys and meeting guys and X, Y, Z. Also, I know that I'm referring a lot um, to pronouns like as if I'm just talking to a bunch of women right now and you're all heartbroken with men and I know that that's probably not the case Um, and I just want to take space here to just please apply what I'm saying to whatever pronouns that suit your situation. If you're a guy listening to this, welcome, so nice to have you here. I'm just, I'm kind of just rambling and in this state and I'm a female, I'm straight and I go for guys, so those are the pronouns I'm choosing, just just I'm just aware that I'm talking about that a lot right now um so Matthew Hussey he's really amazing I'll try link him and this is his theory when people are heartbroken so he talks about two coping mechanisms when you go through heartbreak one of them is the hangover approach and the other one is the athletic or athletes approach So basically what that means is, have you ever, well, I mean, I think you probably have been hungover and you wake up, you feel like a piece of shit. What do you do? You stay in bed all day. You order Uber Eats four times. You binge watch TV shows and everything goes to, everything goes to shit. You don't do anything anything you need to, anything you want to. And even though you're kind of self-indulging, you don't feel any better for it. And that is one way that people handle breakups. 
they throw it all to the wall, they approach it like a bad hangover, they're, you know, and you don't necessarily need to be staying in bed and ordering greasy food and binge watching TV, that that could be one model of person doing this, but I think what Matthew's referring to here is people who just kind of throw in the towel, essentially, when something heartbreaking happens to them. Now, on the other hand, there's the athletic or athlete's approach to handling heartbreak. So when an athlete gets injured, like if they injure their leg or their arm or whatever it is, they don't stop training altogether. What they do is they go, okay, my shoulder's out for the next six weeks or next six months, whatever it is, I'm going to train everything else that I can. I'm going to train legs, I'm going to train calves, I'm going to train core, I'm going to train glutes, I'm going to train back, I'm going to even train my forearms if I can, I'm going to do everything possible so that I am ready to go and I am keeping fresh and fit in every other way so when that shoulder comes back online, then I'll be ready to go. And that is exactly how I mean, I think it's a very healthy approach to handling a breakup and Matthew Hussey also recommends that approach as well because when you've gone through something like this, your heart is offline. It's offline. It's gone. It's hurt. It's broken. It's down. It's out. And that doesn't mean all of you needs to be down and out. So what can you do? You can train your mind. You can train your body. You can train your sleep, your health, your all these other things that you can focus on and just say to yourself, okay, my my heart is off right now. It's just not part of it. And the reason this is kind of suggested is because we p- can, in these situations, put so much attention and time into focusing on healing the injured thing better, healing your heart better. And whilst... If that path really works for you, I kind of like this idea of letting your heart heal on its own, having space to breathe and not forcing anything to happen faster than it needs to. So I think that's quite a beautiful um, way to kind of think about going through a breakup. So if you've ever deemed me for breakup advice, I have probably said to you what I'm about to say now. And that is that I don't think you should skip any stage of how you feel. I think it is ridiculously important to process and own and embrace your emotions and embrace how you feel. I think, you know, sometimes we need a bit of numbing and we need a bit of distraction. So if you're going through this and you need to stay in bed and you need to eat cheese pizza or you need to go out and get drunk, or you need to go on a shopping spree, I honestly come from the opinion that you do whatever you need to do to bring yourself a bit of comfort in that moment. I'm not about to sit here on this podcast and say, whilst I agree with this athlete's way of training, you don't need to apply it from day one. You know, we don't need to do this whole bad bitch, glow up, fuck him, get with his best friend. I just know that's just not what I think is the best route forward. So own your feelings, process your feelings. If you need to cry, bitch, cry, like cry. And yeah, you're going to be sad and you will be sad. But just like 
every single thing on this planet, one day that will change. It will change. Like time heals all wounds is the truest thing ever. And just like the seasons change and the leaves change and flowers bloom, one day you're going to wake up and you're not going to be thinking about that motherfucker. So be sad, give yourself that moment. And then when you are ready to go into that athlete's healing, say yes to everything. Like literally when you come out of a breakup, say yes to everything. Get yourself out of the house, take up a new hobby. I started to do dancing because when I went through one of those um, rejection heartbreak periods, I started to do pole dancing. I am obsessed with pole dancing. I've been doing it for quite a long time now. I'm even going up to like five times a week. It's one of my favorite things about myself. And I started that because I wanted to give myself something to do and meet some new people. So get out there, say yes to everything and pick up a new hobby and start to focus on that athletic way of healing, training your mind, reading books, getting a Fitbit, focusing on your sleep, focusing on your health, all those really, really good things. What starts to happen is you might have experienced this if you've already gone through something like this. But what starts to happen is you start to realize that you're going to be okay. Like you are truly going to be okay. You start to realize that you are the person who's been by your side the entire time and will continue to be by your side for the rest of your life. Like you have you and you only to rely on really when you think about it You wake yourself up, you comfort yourself, you make yourself coffee, you have gone through and survived so many storms and the reason you're still here is because you're stronger than all those things you've been through previously. It's just another storm. You've done this before, you can do it again and that's the best part about breakups is or losing something in general is this sick reality that it kind of makes you a better person. It makes you more empathetic. It makes you more loving. It makes you more aware. And it means that you now know what you don't want. And I know we sit there when we're in the moment and we're like, I don't want to listen. I just want to be loved. And I get that too. But one day you will have the best, warmest, most amazing, safe, comforting, nurturing love and you will have called it into your life because you knew what to look for and you knew when you saw red flags and other people that it was time to divert and not put your energy into that person. When you're going through these tough things, like that is how you make a diamond, under pressure. That is scientific fact. Every single heartbreak or breakup I have experienced has been redirection to a point where I can't even tell you how good the redirection was. Like every single dude who I was into, who it didn't work out with, I remember he's the best person I'm ever going to get. And then you know what? The next dude was better, was literally better. Like, oh my God. So I don't know. I have faith. I have massive faith. And I think in these moments, you need to have faith too, that you are now opening up to the universe to give you something greater than you could even 
imagine. Like, how good is that? It's shitty because, I mean, one thing I really want to say is that this is not your fault. I think it's very common for us to take all the blame and coming back to being that detail oriented thing that I was mentioning at the beginning of the podcast, like we always want to know what we've done wrong. And part of that is kind of healthy in the sense of, okay, are these things that I want to work on to take into my next relationship so that I have awareness around some of the behavior I'd possibly like to change. But if you're just like pressuring and honing out for details just to kind of prove to yourself that you fucked up, it's not a good place to be in. Also, I'm sorry, my um, my phone just made a little sound in the background. <laughs> okay, this is one thing I want to cover before I jump into some listener questions, and that is the concept of closure. I kind of don't overly believe in closure because I just want anyone who's sitting here thinking about getting closure from the person that they're missing or they've broken up with. Do you really want closure or do you want an excuse to talk to them again? And I think when we really sit with that question, it's quite obvious. <laughs> um, so I'm sorry my chair's really creaky today, if you can hear it. But I just think, number one, it's very rare that you're going to get an honest answer. Like, it's quite rare that you're going to say to someone, you know, why have you broken up with me? And they're going to give you the actual honest truth. The actual honest truth is that it's not your fault and it's not their fault. It's the fault of the situation you are in. It is collectively the wrong thing. So don't take it so personally. We like to take everything very personally. I think that kind of ties into this concept of closure and ties into also this concept of wanting to know all the details. Our brains are records of the past, literally records of the past. So their sole job is to keep us alive and keep us in survival mode. Whenever anything is presented to us, our brain is instantly going to recall the past experiences we've had with this thing in order to protect us or to point, make sure we make an informed decision. And when we kind of have blanks in a story, what does our mind do? Fills in the blanks. And we can project situations and make them so much heavier and worse than they are by creating false narratives in our heads to feed us, to give us some form of something. And I understand sometimes you want those blanks filled in by someone else because it'll help you sleep at night. And if that's the case, I honestly do support that because you need to be able to sleep at night. When all of this is going on, you need to be able to sleep at night. So if that's asking questions or going around for a conversation, but actually having a productive adult conversation about something, then I do support that. But if you are blowing things out of proportion and we all do this, like literally it is so human to do this. I don't think you maybe need as much fuel to that fire. You, you feel me? I feel like I'm being quite heavy handed with that advice, but I don't know. I just know how, how it feels to be sitting there 
and just like waiting for a text, just overanalyzing everything, just stuck in bed and just thinking, 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 thinking myself into oblivion. And if you're in that position, get up and get out of bed. Why do you have so much space to let this weigh you down so much? Like get out there and fill your life with something so that you're never the person sitting there waiting for the text. I changed my entire life. Bitch, I don't give a fuck who texts me. (laughs) I'm like, you don't text me. I am good, honey. I am good. But that took work. It took nourishing my friendships. It took getting a job I really love. It took throwing myself into my hobbies that I really enjoyed. It took work, but it's worth it to me. Okay, there are so, 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 so many listener questions. So I'm going to jump straight into them and I'm kind of going to rapid fire through these, I think. So let's, let's give them a go. Right person, wrong time. What do I do? Reach out or give them space. I don't believe in right person, wrong time at all. I believe in wrong person, wrong time. So if someone ever makes you feel like the timing is off or you feel like the timing is off or the universe has made the timing off, then that is not a situation you're meant to be in. Sorry, I know that's kind of harsh, but it kind of comes under that umbrella of like take mixed signals as a no. Anything that feels hard and not easy is low-key not meant for you. And I don't mean putting in hard work. I mean you actually feel resistance. And I'm assuming that's what this person is referring to. So I'm going to say, do yourself a favor, step back and just mull over kind of what I've just said to you. But why would you waste time if it's the wrong time? Why would you waste time talking to them if it's just the wrong time to be with them? I don't really get it. So there's that one uh tips for getting over your first love acceptance ways of bettering yourself couldn't relate to that more the first love actually scientifically is your uh like deepest most intense love ever so my heart goes out to you if you're getting over your first love that's definitely in that more like messy category And hopefully some of the tips I've mentioned in this podcast have been helpful. Okay, how do you get over having spite towards them or anyone new that they're with? I love that word spite. Such a good question. Like I can totally relate that feeling of spite. I feel like if you're feeling spiteful, you probably haven't got something off your chest. So if I was you, I would kind of say how you want to feel sorry, say how you feel, even if it's, you know, send that big crazy text message or write it all down and burn it or have a like a letting go ceremony, like a physical sit down, write out how you feel and burn it, baby. Listen to some Taylor Swift or just, I feel like you're holding on to something there. So my advice to you would be working around letting go and how that looks for you whether that's actually contacting them themselves or something you can do on your own um but definitely releasing if you find yourself missing them slash thinking of what ifs how do you change your mindset at the time number one so common I was like what if queen I'm pretty sure I wrote my book based on what ifs it's a, it's, it's a really slippery slope and that really comes into that category of what I said earlier of your mind filling in the blanks and creating a story that actually isn't real. 
it's very detrimental. In fact, you should honestly read the book, um, The Untethered Spirit. I can see it right now after I've read this question. So that could be a good book recommendation for you for just really learning how to quieten your mind. Because what's going on there is actually nothing to do with anyone else. It's completely to do with you. So turning inwards, nourishing yourself, meditation, journaling around those feelings and facing the kind of tough reality that those realities you're thinking about were never true, could never have been true because you're ignoring facts that are right in front of your face. Have you ever had someone act as if they rejected you whilst it was the other way around? Yes, I have. And it is ego. That is someone protecting their ego. It often happens on Love Island, but that is someone absolutely just their own fear of rejection. So they're making it look like they rejected you because they don't want to face the fact that someone has actually rejected them. It's a trauma response. Okay. Oh God, this question. Oh God. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? How to move past the idea they were the one. Oh boy. Oh boy. I just, oh boy. I just hate the concept of the one. And that doesn't mean I don't believe in it because I would like to consider myself someone who does believe in um, soulmates, but I just do think that we have so many of them. And I would kind of consider myself in my life to have been in love or very close to, very infatuated by at least two people. And they were both so pivotal to who I was and so great in their own way and so important in my growth that I've kind of almost had the experience of having multiple the ones because I remember when I was with both those guys, I thought they were the one and they weren't. And that's okay. And then I'm sure I'm going to meet someone else and I'm going to think that too. I don't know. I think when you've had that experience of feeling like that more than once, you start to kind of learn, oh, there's multiple people out there and they're just as special and just as good. I don't know. I think we need to be careful, team, because on social media, on TikTok, on YouTube, if you see those like tarot readers and stuff, they're very quick to throw out terms like twin flame and soulmate. And I think a bit of that wording can actually get quite toxic. And I've just seen so many people keep themselves in situations that were really kind of degrading to them because it's their twin flame or it's their soulmate or XYZ. And sorry, that's my creaky chair. Can you hear it? Creak, creak, creak. Um, and that's not saying that I don't, I don't believe in that stuff. I just think you want to be careful that you're not using it as an excuse to put up with behavior that is inexcusable. And I do think that happens a lot. So if you think he's the one, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Have a really good think about that sentence and try to step back on from it a bit and think about your friends and your family and how many people you'd consider soulmates who aren't romantic. I really think we can apply that same lens to romantic partners. So I really don't like that wording and it freaks me out. And I know what it's like to think that way about someone. But just you wait. Just you wait till you have that next love. 
And then you're going to be like, oh, Cass was right. We have multiple the ones. And the only one is really you at the end of the day. That is the holy mecca saving grace. A lot of how to become happy after a breakup, how to get back into routine, and hopefully those tips earlier of saying yes to everything, picking up a new hobby, and creating an athlete's healing mindset can be really helpful. Uh, I'm not going to be the person to tell you that I think you should get in the gym and eat healthy and get lots of sleep, even though that's exactly what I think you should do. Um, you've all got unique, different, important things in your life that light you up and make you inspired. And that inspires me. I love hearing what people are passionate about. So throwing yourself into those things. Someone said what to do when you've been verbally rejected by someone, but their physical actions continue. Oh, couldn't relate to that more. Love that question. That's kind of what I was talking about with that second dude, how he said, like, I won't follow you on Instagram, but I'd like to see you in person. Um, bye. That's a clean, hard, cold goodbye, because I'm guessing that the physical actions are sexual in nature. And it's kind of coming from a place of have the cake and eat it too. If you've said and you've decided and there's a reason you don't want to be with me, but you still want to touch me. No commit fully or fuck off. Uh, advice on how to deal with calling out guys who ghost. If someone ghosts you, just let them go. Just let them ghost. We don't have time. We are booked. We are busy. We are moving on. We are glowing. We are shining. We're doing our skincare. If you want to ghost me, baby, have a great time at Spookers. That's all I've got to say. Um... How do you control yourself to not do desperate things you know you'll regret? Love this question. Uh, I have a definition of patience and patience is not self-sabotaging myself whilst I wait for what I want. So that means if I'm waiting for a relationship or a romantic partner that I want, not self-sabotaging and going back to old connections that I know aren't right for me or drunk texts or things like that because I just feel like it lowers your vibration and if something hasn't worked out, it's wor hasn't worked out for a reason. Um, so apply that definition of patience it's easier said than done. Something to keep you accountable could be quite good. Like I know there's those apps that like lock your phone at a certain or don't let you go into your messages at a certain time of night or something. Like you have to put a passcode to get into certain people or just do what you need to do. Like be cutthroat, like delete, block, goodbye. We are gone. Get rid of that energy. Mm -mm -mm. Goodbye. How to get over someone you never dated. Oh, God. Read my books. Read my books. That would be my advice. Uh, again, coming under that umbrella of really projecting and creating stories in our mind and just getting quite honest about. It's hard. Like, I feel like so often in relationships and like this has been my biggest heartbreak, honestly, is I create an idea of who I think someone is. And I feel like I do it, like I pull these little tidbit moments or these little things and I don't realize consciously that I'm doing it, but I pull all these little moments and I create this person into who I think they are. And I'm someone who really falls in love with potential. And my biggest heartbreak is actually not the words they've said or their actions. It's that they're not the person who I thought they were. 
and crushes me. And it's like a double heartbreak. It's like a rejection. And then you've broken your own heart because you've made this person in this situation not only into something it's not, but something that it never was. It's so just gut-wrenching. And for some reason, I can really feel that through that person's message. I do that a lot too. It's something I want to get better on. It's kind of like rose-tinted glasses, I guess. Every person I meet or boy I like, I feel like I look at them and I just always see the best in them and I always assume the best in them. And it's a beautiful quality, but it's also something like I'm aware that I do it to this day. Like that's something that I honestly want to try to get better at because it can blind you from who a person actually is. And you start to like one thing that I know I'm always off track is when I'm justifying someone's behavior. Like be the biggest red flag ever, like red flag fucking poppy field. And I'll be like, he's done this because of this, this, this and this. And this makes sense because of this. You know that meme and it's that guy and he's got like red strings and he's pinging it, pinning it up on a wall and like connecting all the dots and like to all the different photos, like the FBI. That's kind of how I feel. <laughs> like I get myself into those situations of, I don't know if you ever have to stand up for someone, like to your friends and your family and your friends and your family are looking at you like, hello, you've been hurt and you have to stand up for them. That's kind of a bad sign. Like, why are you standing up for someone that's hurt you and justifying their behavior? It seems so ironic and funny right now. But I feel like that's what I do or I've done. I don't know why I really thought of that when I read that message, but hopefully that's relevant and something that you kind of needed to hear. I'm not over someone who already has another girlfriend. Okay, heaps of heaps and heaps and heaps of Um, questions around other girls other girlfriends if there is another third party involved run run I've said this before on the podcast I'm gonna say it again it never ever 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 works out if you're in any situation with a guy and he's in any way involved with another girl just cut it off and run it just never goes in your favor I'm sorry that is just my cold hard advice it never swings around it's just all round bad vibes okay That was, I just feel like, the biggest brain dump rant ever. I hope some of that was remotely helpful. But if you are in this situation, I just want you to know that you are so fucking cool. And in about a year's time or two years time or six months time, you're going to look back at this and laugh. You're literally going to laugh and you're going to meet someone who treats you exactly how you need to be treated. You're going to meet someone who does all the things you want to do and you should write a list. You should write a list of every single thing you want in a partner and you want in your next person and try focus on the future. Like just turn your attention and turn your energy forward. Start manifesting your dream man get specific, what do we want from him, and boys do the same thing, manifest your dream girl, because you deserve someone who never makes you doubt them, who never makes you feel small or insecure, who listens to you, who picks up on your energy, who wants to be there to support you, to encourage you, who's your biggest fan, who never makes you feel like you're not enough, and you're not good enough, that's what you deserve, so fuck this, whatever this situation is guys, fuck it, get rid of it, goodbye, Anything that's hard and hurting you, like we, it sounds so dumb and cliche, but we are young. Like you are young once. So there's no time like the present. Stop wasting one more minute on this shit. 
let's get up let's get ourselves together if you're in New Zealand we have summer coming bitch hottest summer ever I'm about to stunt I'm going to pussy stunt I am ordering clothes already my ASB streamline doesn't want to hear that but I'm ordering clothes I'm eating plant-based I'm getting sleep I'm working out I'm about to oh my god oh my god I'm gonna shine I'm gonna glow I'm gonna shred so if you want to shine glow shred let's create that shine glow shred if you're shining glowing and shredding summer 21 I want to hear it tag me hashtag it and I just can't even begin to tell you how much I don't want my followers and my listeners crying over boys who look like 2B pencils I just don't I just don't I just don't want that for you no offense boys love you but shine glow shred 2021 make it happen I love you goodbye